Well, let's put them together for none other but Jesus Christ on this Sunday morning. I'm going through this pilgrim land, honey. I didn't come to homestead here. Hallelujah. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. I'm a man been introduced to a new world and a new kingdom. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. I'm glad we're headed somewhere. I'm glad I got my head inside of a nail scarred hand. Hallelujah. That's going to lead me through this pilgrim land and safely on the other side when the sun is setting. Glad to know him by his name. I'm glad to know him by his word. I'm glad to know him by his spirit. I'm glad to know him by his blood. These things are essential. If you're going to know him, you got to know these. You got to experience them upon this earth. You got to be baptized in his name. You got to be washed in his blood. You got to take on his spirit to be a part of his kingdom. I believe it's an exciting time to be living for Jesus. How about you? I'm glad to be serving an unchanging God in a world that's changing everything it can possibly change. <laughs> Rearranging and moving and shaking. And thank God for the chief cornerstone. It's the same as it's always been. God bless you. You may be seated. Classes. God bless our classes this morning. Appreciate our Sunday school department and all the teachers. Man has taken out the time and putting forth the effort and the energy to spend roughly, you know, one hour to impart the Word of God into the heart and the souls of our children. They're begotten by the Word. Living in a world today that has done everything it could, it tries to destroy it, but if it can't, then I, what we'll do, we'll distort it. We'll rearrange it. But I'm glad this morning we're anchored on the word of God this morning that never changes. It's the same as forever settled in the heavens. I'm glad I've got a hold of something that changed me. And not just on the outside, but on the inside as well. What a mighty God that we're serving here this morning. Let me say welcome to all of our guests. Good to see each one of you to come to worship with us. Amen. That's what we want you to do, to worship with us. A something about worshiping him. We can show you in the three and a half years of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Those, a man that, that is dealing with leprosy and dealing with other circumstances and situations from blindness and things like that. But when they begin to worship him, even when his own disciples would reject them, but if they would worship him, a man, even before the time, hallelujah, but if they would worship him, when you begin to worship him as the almighty God, guess what? A man, even when you got a daughter that's vexed with the devil and at the point of death, He'll reach all the way around Calvary, amen, and bring deliverance into your daughter. Amen. He'll bring it before the time, amen, because you want He come looking, searching, amen, for them to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Hey, and you know, a lot of people had it don't make a big deal. It don't matter where you go. I beg the difference with you. You better read your Bible. You better read the Word of God. It's going to make a difference of who we worship and how we worship Him. I'm glad to worship Him this morning in spirit and truth. I'm glad to worship Him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Hey, that's really what it's all about, to love Him, to love him to love him have a passion about the house of God having a passion about coming to the house of God having a move of the Holy I'm gonna tell you something when you fall in love with somebody you know what and if they fall in love with you you can tell when they'll both come in the same room countenance change 
They can be talking to 50 people and all of a sudden she walks in. <laughs> Whoa. Excuse me, folks. <laughs> You're not as important right now. <laughs> you don't have my... I got somebody. I want them to have all my attention. We'll tell you something. God wants to give you all of his attention. And if we'll turn and give him our attention, what, you know what God's going to do? He's going to give us his attention. On this Sunday morning. He's walking in this place to heal. He's walking in this place to fill people with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Some people have a tendency sometimes to think, well, we'll just slip in on a Sunday morning and God won't do a whole lot there. I beg the difference with you this morning. I'm in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. You slipped in, but you know what? God already knows where you're at. He knows what you're battling with. He knows what you're struggling. He knows all your days and what's behind you. Hallelujah. He knows everything there is to know. And he's in this house to save you. He's in this house to turn you around. He's in this house. They made to do something. Hey, I didn't come to a house of God. We didn't come to man's house this morning. We didn't come, amen, traditions of, of mankind. This is God's house and it's God's business. And we just want to do it God's way. Because that's the only way we're going to, uh, that's the only way all of us is going to make it. We got to do it God's way. I'm in the business of doing it God's way. How about you? But it's good to see all of you. We're just excited about what God's going to do. He's an awesome God, isn't he? He's a mighty God. Hallelujah. This lesson proves that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is anything too hard? Anything too hard for my God? That's what he asked Abraham and Sarah when she laughed. Now, I take up for Sarah, I'll be honest with you. First of all, if you read the scripture close enough, she didn't laugh out loud. And she didn't laugh in a, a mockery way. The Bible said she laughed in her heart. Being old. And her husband being old. And already beyond the, the area of being able to ever have a child and here she is now about 75 and has never had one and God said she's going to have one Ooh, praise God I'm telling you revival can break out anywhere anytime don't listen to all the naysayers you can have your own personal revival you hear me you can have your own personal. When nobody else wants to have revival, you can have revival. Revival comes from God. Revival comes between individuals. Amen. When you make up in your mind, I want to have revival. I want to have an encounter with God. I want to have a visitation with God. Guess what? All the devils, amen, our individuals can't stop that from happening. And not if you make up in your mind. Not if you make up in your heart and make it up in your spirit. I'm not going to let the offenders, amen, win the battle. I'm not going to let the doubtsayers, amen, win the battle. Hallelujah. I'm just going to take it your word. Hallelujah and God whatever you promise me in your word it's mine it's attainable through Jesus I didn't earn it hallelujah we never earn it hallelujah it's the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ hallelujah he paid the price on the on the car. I want to tell you you can't pay for your sins but I'll tell you what I give a responsibilities after being born again thereafter and who I'm going to love and who I'm going to serve and who I'm going to put my trust in who I'm going to put my confidence in I'm telling you the world's in a mess but hallelujah the church is not hallelujah not the disciples of Jesus Christ because he's going to lead us right through this pilgrimage and he's also 
so going to protect us. Anybody concerned about protection anymore? Anybody concerned about washing your hands? Anybody worried about, amen, what you breathe in? Anybody worried about, I'm telling you, the greatest protector there is is Jesus Christ. He's better than any bars. He's better than any medication. He's better than anything, man. I'm not down on nothing. I'm just telling you there's something better. And Jesus Christ is more comfort and assurance and peace in Jesus Christ. It's all wrapped up in him. No salvation, there's no healing, there's no peace. He's the Prince of Peace, He's a comforter, He's the counselor, He's the very thing that most people's looking for today, searching for, longing for. The first three fruits that you read about in the Holy Ghost love, joy, and peace. Amen. It's the great commodities everybody's looking for. We won't lie when joy and peace. Hallelujah. People pay big money. Hallelujah. To, to attain those things. And, and they, sometimes they claim saying, well, we just want to have a good time. Amen. You can't have a better time than in the house of God and the Holy Ghost. Living for Jesus Christ. This is a great life. This is a great life. Hallelujah. It, it's not with regret. Hallelujah. It's not with shame. I'm glad I believe in who I believe in this morning. Jesus Christ called us out of darkness into his marvelous life. Hallelujah. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. For his purpose. Man, are you after his purpose this morning? Hallelujah. Well, whose purpose are you after if you're not after his? Hallelujah. I would be after his purpose. How about you? Amen. I want to, I want to be who he wants me to be. I want to walk where he wants me to walk here today. Amen. The love of the Lord, the touch of God for His purpose. That's what our lesson's about today. Hallelujah. It's, it's a topic, amen, or a, a character that you hear most of the time around December and Christmas time and Mary. Amen. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful story. It's a powerful story. It's a prophecy that was prophesied hundreds of years prior that was fulfilled. Amen. That took place. It finally arrived. It finally come to that point, to that place to be fulfilled. Amen. Is this, this little maiden, this little lady, hallelujah, receives it from the angel. It's a beautiful lesson here today. Lesson big's ideal is I will commit my life to God. Everybody's committing themselves to something. Okay? Everybody. No one's exempt. We, we commit ourselves or give ourselves. The Bible talks about you can't serve two masters. And you can't. Hallelujah. Salt and, and fresh sweet water can't come out of the same fountain. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, all this just ties together when it's all said and done. Amen. That's the reason it's so important to be a, a temple of the Holy Ghost. A vessel of God. I remember hearing this one time and... Uh, Minister basically said this about Mary. said Mary was a vehicle. <laughs> I said, well, we better kind of use a better term than that. How about a vessel? How about that? That's a lot better, isn't it? All the ladies ought to say amen anyway. Praise God. Hallelujah. How would you like to be referred to as a vehicle? <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, you'd probably say, well, you couldn't afford me. <laughs> Hallelujah. They don't have many of these on the market. Ah, uh, Woo! Praise God. Amen. So I will commit my life to God. So he can use me for what? For his purpose. For his purpose. Upon this earth. Upon this allotted time and generation that God has 
given us. Uh, we're not born to a previous generation and we're not going to be born in the future. But we're here now. And to fulfill God's purpose now. What, what God wants to do in, in the time and the hour that we're in. Uh, we won't be used in a sense like Mary. <laughs> Some of us won't never be used that way. and It would really be a miracle, <laughs> but that won't happen. I'm talking about the man, Ginger, in case you're wondering here. <laughs> and, uh, but because uh, uh, we don't need another Messiah. There's not going to be another Messiah. <laughs> you don't have to look for another it's like the gospel. There's only one saving gospel. Amen. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's not another. Amen. And so, but you and I become vessels of God. And to uh, find that place. And this, this is what the lesson's going to be about. Amen. Is to, to find that place in the kingdom. Paul writes about it as a body itself. Amen. Talks about the ears and the eyes. And then one of those saying, I don't have need of the other. But you know what? We have need of one another, don't we? And so this generation has a need of you and I being who God and what God wants us to be in this generation to fulfill his purpose. Because the body is incomplete without you. The kingdom of God upon this earth is incomplete without you kingdom of God and the body of Christ needs each and every one of us. Amen. To find that place. And you know what? It, it, may, it may change. It may increase. And that's our lesson. We're going to talk about that. This is, this is an area where sometimes uh, I'm afraid even as apostolics we sometimes come up short. What I mean by that, we, we come to the house of God and we repent and get baptized in Jesus' name and fill with the Holy Ghost. If we're not careful, we'll just find us a little comfort zone, a little place where we're content and, and where we're, we feel in our own minds and heart and spirit. Uh, if we, as long as we can feel the chill bumps occasionally and speak in tongues occasionally. And, uh, I'm not beating up nobody. Don't take me wrong here. I'm just telling you that's, that's the, the, the human nature. That's the carnal nature. That's this earthen vessel as the Bible calls it that the Holy Ghost abodes in I'd love to tell you when you receive the Holy Ghost that that's all conquered all the time and you just say it can't be but you know what it takes amen, somebody that's going to have to, these two things it's going to be on our, in our lesson today you got to hear you got to listen you got to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying and then from that, you've got to be willing to obey it. But watch this. You, you and I constantly are learning. I wonder how many in this house this morning has had the Holy Ghost for 40 years, but you could stand and say, you know what? I learned something in the last few days. Because you never arrived to that place. Praise God. I've talked to ministers this Preached almost as old as I am. Real close. Been in the ministry that long. 50 plus years. And they're still learning. You never reach the place that you learn it all. And so a real key about this lesson. And we'll mention some of this and then we're just going to keep digging into it. Because it's very important. Is that passion to learn. That passion and desire to hear. 
what the Spirit has to say. Unto us as individual, unto us as a church, and also unto us as a movement. Even the one God movement, Pentecostal movement, is facing some very critical, possibly shaky times. There's some instructions and guidance and uh, it's coming forth that even, even question some things that you heard in the past from some of your previous leaders. And so we're going to have to know what, you know, we talk about the word of God and it's forever settled and it is. But there are some things that's coming. That's the need, the reason of the Holy Ghost and the reason of the fivefold ministry to witness. Hmm. Because doctrines teaching. Now you, you watch all this as it really begins to unfold. The reason you and I, even in America today, and I'm not being offensive here. It's not even my, my, my goal or my intentions at all. But the reason there's so many denominations is because people don't believe the same thing. They don't preach and teach the same things. But yet we all use the same book. Same manual. This, is, this book is an instruction book. This is God's book to man. It's not man's book. This is God's book. Holy men were moved upon by the Holy Ghost. They was inspired I teach a Bible lesson. I know I say this all the time. And uh, I'm not being disrespectful. I sure wasn't to the author of the lesson. But he had 32 authors. And I know what he was trying to say. I screwed through that 32 author. And I put one author and 32 secretaries. There is a difference. The author. He, the author of the writing of the book. He writes it. He's the author. He's, he's, he puts. He tells the story, he, he, all the benefits and all the results and the outcomes. But only God could move upon the 32 secretaries, amen, from the beginning to the end that was 100 years apart in writing and make it all fall together like a puzzle. Man couldn't do that. Especially in the, in the time and hour when they were doing the writing. They didn't have the technology and abilities and Amen. To pass on and things of that nature. And so as we watch this. Because the only way to know the real purpose of God. Is to know him. And to and what's it. That's a reason it's important. The Bible talks about forever learning. But never come to the knowledge of truth. There's some that can quote this Bible. From, from Genesis to Revelation. And never come to the knowledge of truth or never experience truth. And really can't tell you the plan of salvation in Old Testament or New Testament. Now, buddy, I broke out here. I'm just, I'm just stirring it up big time. All said and done. I'm telling you right now. But you know what? It's still there. It's still, it's, it's, I haven't said not one thing. It's not in the book. Thank God for the book. You know why? Because you and I are here this morning because we want to be like that song just, we just sung about. We want to make it through. Plotting through. But we want to make the we want to hear him say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's what we want to hear at the end of the journey. But the only way I'm gonna hear that, I gotta hear him somewhere along the journey. 
this, this doctrine that came along and all of a sudden on my deathbed, and I'm not saying nobody can't be saved that way, but I'm telling you the majority is very small compared to what's going on around us. Uh, we live in a world today that has broadened the way to heaven and almost closed the gate to hell. <laughs> but that's, they, that's not what's in the book. It's not what's here. It's right the opposite. And so we got to have an ear. And we got to have a passion and a, and a, a longing in us to learn. We're, 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 we're watching... Uh, and I say watching, we're, we're experiencing some things and, and some of our own bishops, they realize that hey, they're going to take some technology. In fact, uh, uh, I got a few here at the churches joining in with us and Brother Floyd Odom is going to start, to, it's going to start Tuesday night and he's going to start going through the Bible and, through, and it's mostly for ministers, whoever would like to can join in, amen, and be a part of joining in with that. And uh, uh, it costs you either $550 or $750 and, and you can join in and he's going to put it out there in the, on the internet for you to get exposed and he's going to go through and some doctrines and things of this nature amen out of the word of God I'm going to tell you something folks I am very concerned to getting back to some old lama and I say get back hallelujah I'm just telling you we're in a troubled time hallelujah and in this troubled time landmarks amen sometimes have you ever been in a storm that you knew the landmark was there then you knew you were driving real fog and you knew the road pretty good but it was so foggy that you really couldn't tell you kept brightening your lights dimming your lights and doing this and doing and you kept just going you said I I know, I know. And all of a sudden, you see the landmark? The size of the landmark didn't change, did it? It's the surroundings around us that created an, an atmosphere to not be able to see the landmark. The landmarks in this book have not changed. The size of them or the positioning of them has not changed. They have not been moved. Now the devil's moved them and man's moved them. But they have not moved. Landmarks where you and I must be saved. And walk in the blessing, the favor of God. Have not been moved. Thank God. That there's something just simply will not be moved. You know why? Because sometimes there's some landmarks you don't need moved. Because you're going to be in a storm. You're going to be on a journey. And you've got to try to make your way back home safely. And without that landmark, honey, you're not going to make it. But thank God it won't move. When you get your mind made up, heart made up, i got to go back. Now watch this. This can be twofold. You and I got to go out and come in. Oh, it'd be nice if we could just come have church all the time. <laughs> never leave the place, never leave this atmosphere. Living for God would be a whole lot easier, wouldn't it? But you can't do that, can you? You got to go out in the workplaces. You got to go out in the fields. You got to go rub shoulders with the world. You got to go rub shoulders with demonical forces and ideas and opinions of, of people. <laughs> And then you got to make your way back to the. Sometimes you got to make your way back to the house of God. Just get some soundness in your own mind. Because of all the different things you've heard out there. That's why it's so important to get our children. And not just depend on Sunday school. 
But watch, watch this unfold here as we begin to go into the lesson itself and the lesson connection. And uh, he talks about children. He talks about the, the uh, valuability. We know that they're an inheritance from the Lord. We know, amen, that they're a blessing from God. And, and uh, uh, I want to be careful here. Uh, I believe, well, I'm going to leave that alone because I'm afraid I'll open a can of worms there and you, you may cut me off the rest of the service. So I'll just leave that alone. Uh, but children changes the atmosphere. Children can change, you know, can bring joy, amen, to your life. And uh, they can bring, you know, excitement. Uh, they can cause, uh, you know, uh, especially even as grandparents, they can cause grandparents um, all, all of a sudden start acting, you know. <laughs> Praise God. It, it, it kind of gets a little funny sometimes, even up here, as I watch not just grandparents, but even moms and different ones. When their little darlings doing certain little things, and they start making all those faces. <laughs> now, you won't do that to another adult. <laughs> but with them grandbabies, amen, you'll carry on and you'll act. And sometimes, you know, to help, help the situation, you'll act as a... Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, and I understand that. Okay, we understand because that's what children—that's that's what they bring, man. They bring, they they change. You know, sometimes, sometimes you know, a very ordered situation they can cause it to become chaotic. <laughs> Amen. I always tell them in weddings because you always got one or two that's going to be involved, and oh, they want them to walk in so perfect and do everything so perfect. Come over here and stand for thirty minutes, just so perfect. I said, leave the babies alone. It'll be all right. Whatever they do, it'll be the highlight of the wedding. <laughs> Won't nobody out there get offended unless you start making a big deal and getting on to them and doing all this. And then you're going to get the whole bunch against you. <laughs> so anyway, we, 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 we realize this. And so when we, we move from that and we begin to understand and realize the importance of children... And, and to, then he, he, the writer comes and he talks about uh, the, the, the book. I've never read this book. I think we've got it. I'm, I know we have somewhere. Bought it years ago. I had intent to read it, but I, I never read it. Maybe I should have. The Purpose Driven Life. Amen. He said in 2019, had 32 million copies. I'm sure some of you have read it. Probably an awesome book. Uh, I've just never took the time to, to read it. And so, purpose, seeking, seeking, amen, purpose. Even in the church, believers are continually doing what? Seeking their place and calling and purpose. How, how true that is this morning. I, I know that, that that's resident in your hearts and your minds and spirit this morning. Amen. I, I want to walk in what? That perfect will of God. Amen. I, I want to I fulfill the call of God upon my life. Amen. I, I want to be who God and fulfill His purpose in my life I, but that that should be something that's a very passionate and very much alive and in all believers as a follower and a disciple of Jesus Christ in fact if those things is not uh, resident in us and and how they drive in us I would question our relationship with him okay amen because uh, who wouldn't want to please their heavenly father? Who wouldn't want to uh, know as we sung that song on a daily basis. <laughs> to know that I'm walking where he wants me to walk. 
Or possibly standing where he wants me to stand. Possibly not doing anything. Just standing, keeping my mouth shut. Just waiting on him. Pleasing him that way. I know we're living in a world today that uh, uh, with computers and with time and uh, fast foods. And we, we're being programmed. If something don't hurry up and happen, we're going to make it happen. And that has a tendency to want to slip even into the church. But you know what? You and I don't have the authority, the power, the strength, the talents, and ability to just make it happen and outdo God. Anything and everything. It's impossible. Amen. We want the anointing. We want the habitation of God to be in it. Take, take up in it. Because there's nothing like the moving of the Holy Ghost. The power of God. That's what we came, that, that we felt here this morning and Wednesday night. What a beautiful service Wednesday night. And, and, and that's what we all come for. I can still remember the first time I ever walked into a Pentecostal church. I can remember all of that. You know why? Because of what I felt. It wasn't necessarily who was there. I don't remember. I might not remember four or five people that was actually there. But I never forgot what I felt. And the presence that was there. And the fellowship and companionship that you could feel. And so, as we begin to pursue that, as we begin to try to accomplish that, the writer goes on, he says, God has a purpose for all who will listen to his call and respond. To listen to his call and respond. Intent alone won't, won't save us. Uh, Noah could have had good intentions of building that ark, but until he had it built. But watch this. Because Noah was willing to obey him and go to work, God was willing to wait on him for 120 years. God was willing to wait another 120 years and all the, cor the corruptness and the evilness and wickedness is going on so a righteous man could build an ark. Now God could have just spoken into existence for him. God could have just told Noah, hey, I got you an ark right out there in the desert ready, ready for you. See, that's the mentality of a lot of people with the grace of God. They think that, you know, by His grace, I'm saved. I can live like I want to, go where I want to, do what I want to. But His grace is going to save me. I've had them tell me that. After you get through cussing me out because he's my boss. <laughs> I'm not telling no junk. I'm telling you, that's the mentality of some people. Not realizing that, hey, there has to be a change made. There has to be... Uh, when, when you become a disciple and follower, when you have an ear to hear and a passion, I want to please you. I want to follow the patterns. It's in the book. Okay? Don't, don't just follow. Now, hopefully we can follow the patterns that's in the church, right? But if by chance you can't, start following the patterns that's in the book. Okay? That's, that's one of the best things that you and I can do. And that's, that's what we're talking about here this morning. Is we, we talk about Mary and her response unto the Lord. And so, but each believer must recognize that there is first, the purpose is to what? Is to love. God is love to start with. That never changes. And thank God for that. Because how often we all lean on that love. It was love of a father that caused that prodigal son to come to himself and realize, you know what? I can go home. I can go home. And it was a father that was waiting with open arms. And looking every day. Expecting him. Now the father wouldn't go get him. 
Watch this. And the writer talks about it. No man can come unto the Father unless his spirit draws. Draws. And so we have to be careful. Especially once we ever felt the presence of God in our lives. Once you've ever been introduced to the Holy Ghost. And the presence of the Lord. You're going to be held accountable. You're going to be held accountable. Because this is the only sin. Amen. That if we commit. That there's no forgiveness. And that's blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Now some feels like the only way to blaspheme. Is once receiving it. And then saying there's nothing to it. And that is. That's the top of the, that's the, top of the runner. But watch this. If he gives you a visitation. And especially if he does it on a number of times. And you reject him. Or deny him. You're, you're blaspheming against him. So it's a very dangerous thing. Not to have an ear to hear what the spirit has to say unto us. As individuals and as a church. Amen. And as a generation. Because huh. we're living in the generation of what? Information. Have a punch of a button. Huh. So we got to be careful what we lend our ear to, what we give ourselves to. Thank God for the word. And so understand now you go to Matthew, the 22nd chapter. I'm going to try my best to. To um, not let my time eat me up here this morning. The writer talks about a man in the lesson. He talked about it in Matthew 22 and 37 and 40 as a verses. But uh, I, want, I, wanted to, I want to use a little bit more. I want, to, I want to get to the setup that's going on with Jesus Christ. And as he walked upon this earth and as he deals with certain sets or certain groups of people. And how he responded. And how they set out to prove him wrong. Try to find him. To ensnare him by his words. By his deeds and actions. And so as you watch this. And when you go to Matthew the 22nd chapter. And I'm just going to use the 22nd chapter. The beginning of the 23rd chapter. Just little portions of it. If you don't mind. You're going to see here where Jesus. As he encounters these individuals. The first one you're going to read. I'm going to talk about in the 22nd chapter. Is found in the 15th verse. And here their question. Jesus' question. About what to render to Caesar. Amen. And how to submit and humble himself unto Caesar's. And the reason such a big deal to the Jews. Amen. Is because this is a Roman's tax. Amen. That was set up. And so the Jews was being mandated and forced. And they didn't like this. And so they questioning him. Amen. About Caesar and what to render unto him. Amen. Because as you know. Republicans. Amen. Which were tax electors. Especially if they was a Jew. And converted over. Amen. To the Romans. And they set up positions. And they, to, they collected tax actors such as Matthew, they become some of the most despised and hated individuals of their time and of their society. Because the Jews felt like they shouldn't have to pay those taxes to the Roman Empire. And so Jesus is questioned. He's brought and this Pharisees is doing this and and they actually sent a, a council out. And Herodians, a man, is part of this council. And they called him master. You're going to notice several times as we go through this, master simply means teacher. Amen. And teaching actually means doctrine. 
So watch this combination. Watch this fall together here this morning. And so when they question him about it, he simply tells them, amen, show him a coin and give him a coin. Amen. He didn't even have one. Well, some of us, if we don't have a, either the plastic or a $100 bill in our pocket, we... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean... <laughs> but, but you know what? If we got Jesus, folks... I mean, I, I'd like to help, you know, and uh, thank God for it. Don't get me wrong here, but I'm just telling you. That's not, that's not what governs my joy. That's what that governs my love. <laughs> or my, my confidence or assurance. He said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. <laughs> it's hard to hold on to them Jeffersons, but they, they don't. You know, they just slide. <laughs> Kind of like sliding that card. <laughs> can be dangerous, folks. <laughs> but anyway, he says, and they showed him the coin. He shows the inscription. Who's this belong to? Caesar. He said, render unto Caesar the things of Caesar. And unto God the things of God. He's simply telling us to pay your bills. Pay your taxes. And I know you don't like it. And I don't either. And we don't like them wasting it. Okay, at least we feel like they waste it. <laughs> you know, anyway, boy, I'm, <laughs> I could have went all morning without bringing this up. Couldn't. But, but watch what, okay, now, the next thing, you're going to pick up the 23rd verse, and it's going to be talking about the resurrection. Because the words of Jesus had marveled them just prior. Then comes the Sadducees. Amen. Is coming and their discussion. Amen. Is over the resurrection. And they use the, the deal with Moses. And it talks about under the law. And if one brother marries a wife. And, and, and that, that brother dies without having any children. Then the, the next. And then they go right on up to seven. You know, I always think, man, of course, this is just a parable. They're just telling it. They just, as a story, it probably never happened. Surely not, because if I'd have been that fourth or fifth brother, I'd have left town. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'd have left Jerusalem, buddy. I'd have, I'm out of here. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got a brother or two ahead of me, but look at him. That's three down. I ain't got but two left. I'm gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> praise God. But anyway, they, they talk about this. They're trying to prove the point that there's no resurrection. And so they, they approach Jesus and said, now what's going to happen? said, in the resurrection, we're going to have one wife with seven brothers. <laughs> Who's she going to be married to? Who's she going to shack up with? Who's she going to live with? <laughs> so you know the story. But in the resurrection, there no, won't be no given a marriage. The Bible says we'll be as angels. Well, there's a lot more to be said about that, but I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> and so it, it slips from that, and we go back to the first and great commandment. Because now, when the multitudes had heard this, they was also astonished at what at his doctrine. You know what? <laughs> the word of God ought to astound us sometimes when we come to the house of God. Both to the good and bad. And what I meant by that. Some things that we're doing. And all of a sudden the word of God goes. Whoop. And conviction grips us. And say, You know what? I'm going to quit doing that. I don't care if Jack's doing it. Bill's doing it. Mary's doing it. And all. I'm not. The word of God says not. And that's good enough for me. I don't have to have a bunch of folks. And all I got to have is the word of God. If he convicts me. I'm convicted. I'm a, why? I want to please him. I'm out to fulfill his purpose. I want to please him. And that's 
This love affair all said and done is the term is used a lot of times uh, out there, you know, personal savior. That's a true term. They just use it too broadly. Okay. But he becomes your personal savior. He's got to. If he hadn't become your personal savior, then he's not your savior. I mean, that's, that's it. A personal companionship, a personal relationship, a personal, amen, to, you, you got to get in that prayer closet to, to hear him, amen, to, to, to work on this and to become, and, and watch, you watch what this, uh, this unfold. It, it's good. This is a good lesson. Just watch this thing unfold here. And so they, they begin, it talks about, so a lawyer comes as a Pharisee, but on top of that, he's a lawyer. And, and so because, you know, here Jesus has done silence, the Sadducees and all of them. And, and, and so here comes the Pharisee said, hey, we'll get him. We'll, we'll top him. We'll, we'll, we'll get him somewhere here and so the lawyer comes and he asking what is that great first and great commandment and so this is where you actually going to pick up and this is where he talks about thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul with all thy mind this is the first and great commandment and the second is like unto it thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself on these two commandments hangs all the laws and prophets everything because if you really love your neighbor you manage yourself and you're never going to do anything to harm them or things of that nature. And so that's what the writer was talking about. And I tell you, I want to take a little time here and, 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 and put it this into because this is what you and I have got to do. Amen. To our, not only to our children, but unless we become what? As a little child. That's, that's what the Bible talks about. But before I go there, I'd like to touch a few things. I won't go to it, but I'd love to. But time won't allow me. Deuteronomy 6 chapter. We know all about Deuteronomy 6 and 4. But a lot of times, that's about all we know. Instead of, amen, backing up and looking at it and saying, Deuteronomy 6. And this is Moses' writings, amen, to the Israelite people before they go into the promised land. Trying to help them. Trying to uh, uh, put into their hearts or minds and spirits uh, the purpose of going into that promised land. The purpose of going into those foreign nations and, and people that don't believe in this one God that worships everything but the one God. Amen. Gives themselves a sacrifice to every God but the one God. But you're going to go as a witness, as a testimony of this one God and His mighty hand of deliverance out of Egypt. And what a mighty hand He delivered them by. Amen. With wonders and signs. And you're going to go into so this is Moses' writings unto them. Preparing them for this journey this promised land. He says, now these are the commandments and the statutes, the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you. That he might do them in the land where the ego to possess it. That you might do them. Don't just be a curer. The scripture has taught us, amen, not to only be a curer, but what? A doer. And he that knoweth to do it good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. <laughs> ah. It's that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all of his statutes, his commandments. I command thee, thou and thy son, thy son's sons, all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. Man, that brings me right back to that place. He goes, I hear this all the time. Amen. You know, well, that was their day. That was their appointed time. There wasn't nothing nobody could do about it. But I read time after time in the scripture that we can shorten or prolong those days out of obedience. I mean, I mean, your will, God will not master your will. I'm sorry, He just won't do it. 
That will is up to you and I to, to, for us to will ourselves to Him, to His voice, to do things. I, I mean, if you get out there and do some crazy stuff, if you get out there, and I know I say this all the time, if you get out there and do 100 miles an hour on, on Highway 57 from Bendale to Broome, you do it every day, two or three times a day, uh, you probably won't have too many days. You won't prolong your days very long. It's just a matter of time. Either you'll be mangled or you'll be killed. It's just a matter of time and take somebody else out. It's the same way trying to live this free course, free liberty, whatever way I want to live life for God. You're on, you're on, a, you're on, a, you're on a course, amen, the blessings of the favor of God. And so he's telling them to prolong in this promised land that I'm going to give you. There's going to be some requirements. There's going to be some ways you've got to live. Or guess what? I'm going to run you out of the promised land that I gave you. And he did. He scattered them to the four winds. He raised up some of the, the ones that he had driven out and made them become. So understand the principle that's taking place and what's unfolding. And then you might think, why are you doing it? Because what's this? Uh, I'm trying to get there. Romans 12 and 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is a reasonable sober. Why? To be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that he may prove what is what? The good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. This is how you're going to know the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's how we present these bodies. It's how we take on his commandments and his word and put them in. This is the only way that we can present this body. And this is the only way we can know his will and purpose in our lives. So what, what's got to happen? And the writer of the lesson brings us to that place. In Matthew 18, 3 and 4. Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children. Except you become as little children. Praise God. So we see the importance of becoming that little child. Why? we've all experienced it we've all warned one another you better be careful what you say hey some ears standing around here about this tall they play them with toys but them ears is like radars buddy and it's amazing to me it really is amazing to me I've watched this I've experienced this I've pursued this before I didn't use cuss words. Don't get the wrong idea here. <laughs> but you can say certain things and they, they, their ability to grasp and hold on to those terms. I'll give you an example. My wife will beat me up. But anyway, we, there was an old cat that come up to the house that didn't belong to us, come somewhere else. And hey, that thing would get out there. And she'd call it, you know, uh, some of you don't like this. But anyway, she'd call it, she'd get out of here, stupid cat. Get, get out of my thing. All of a sudden, this little two-year-old I want to see the stupid cat. She calls it the stupid cat. <laughs> she picked that up. And, and watch this. Now, I didn't know she got that from Grammy. I'm outside after one day, and uh, she kept saying about the stupid cat. I said, quit saying that word stupid. It's a stupid cat. I didn't know what Grammy had done. So a little later on, a day or two later, come to find out, and I hear the story. I ain't no sense of saying any more to her about the stupid cat. That's a done deal. 
Okay? But we don't like the term stupid, do we? But so we see why? Because it lets you come as little children. Because little children, amen, they're hungry and they're thirsty and they're learning everything they can learn. They're willing to be molded and shaped. That's the reason some people can believe that doctrines is so far out in left field because they was raised in it and they was doctrinated in it and they're sold out to it. And they believe that. Some of them believe that stronger than what you believe in Jesus Christ and what you believe in the Word of God. They're more willing to die for that than what some of us are willing to die for the truth. Because it was indoctrinated in them and it's got them and they're persuaded. They're convinced this is a reward we're going to But you and I know by, by this, they're in error. It's not our opinion. It's not even our judgment, even though we're, we're, we're considered as being, you know, uh, hate people. Because we preach against certain lifestyles. No. If anybody loves them, it's that one that preaches truth. The truth preaches about light that gets us out of darkness. Truth is what sets or makes you free. Nothing else does. Everything else is on sinking sand. Thing, everything else, and, and watch it. All the secrets, all the things behind closed doors. All the things that's done in darkness, it's going to be revealed. It's going to be made. Every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So the rest of them, they can believe what they want to. But you and I know what the book says and what's going to unfold. How do we know that? Because we was taught. Because we became as little children. And as the writer put it, and we became converted. Converted means cause to change in form and character. Or even as in functions. To say something here and not hurtful. We're living in a time where they have broadened the church so big that you don't have to change nothing. You just come as you are. Say the same. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad to change from what I was when I come to the church. I didn't like who I was. But that's not all. I had some addictions. And I knew the only way I'm going to find deliverance is find a God. I was bound in sin and shackles. There was a price that had to be paid that I couldn't pay. I was a slave to it. And I had to have find somebody that could deliver me and set me free. I'm going to say this, and this may not go over too good. I remember riding on the yellow bus. Now, we rode on it to 12 years. <laughs> we, that coming right up here, I'm going to take it right down the road right here. It's not even a mile down the road. Coming up on that bus one morning. I, I watched our pastor out on the front porch, a man, smoking his pipe. And something inside of me, a man said, that ain't right. That ain't godly. I'm just, I'm just a brat. I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing about the Bible. I all said I was raised Methodist. And hey, I don't mind telling you, I, I was raised Methodist. And, you know, but no, there's not a whole lot taught Methodists about separation. You should be a good person. And their definition is good person, you know, is pretty broad. <laughs> Amen. But I knew something inside of me. So, mm, that's not right. That's, that, that can't be. But you know what's happened to us? America's reached a place with enough leaders, so-called spiritual leaders, we become so calloused. We become so that, that most people don't even have a clue what sin is anymore. I'm not being ugly. I'm just telling you the generation that we're in. But watch this. That's a setup for one of the greatest revivals. 
if we'll find the purpose of God in all this and become the candles and the city on the hill. Amen. And we're not out here, amen, with the wrong spirit or with meanness or cruelness. No, I'm not even out here to judge them. Amen. I'm just here to preach the word. Now, if the word preaches, if the word judges you, who judged you? And who's going to judge you at the end time? What are you going to face? So you tell me who's the biggest uh, deceiver. That one that don't preach the whole truth. Or that when it just gets you enough, amen, to try to soothe your conscience and get your money. Who are you going to like on that judgment day? I'm going to like that when it got in my face. I'm going to like that when, amen, it said some things. That, ah. <laughs> that preacher, who does he think he is, man? That's the reason it's related to is a hammer. You ever been hit in the head with a hammer? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Well, I'd rather be hitting a hammer. The chances are better of hitting the head with a hammer than your head cut off with a sword. Because <laughs> that's the second thing it's lacking to. <laughs> uh, so, we're going to watch this. I know I've got to get to Mary now. Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. These are the words of Jesus Christ. These are not mine. They're Jesus Christ. Except you become as a little, little child. <laughs> now, little children really depend. That's, that's really where it's at. They depend. They depend on parents. They depend on, you know. So we've got to become as that little child. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child. I'm going to ask you something. If you listen to Hollywood and the spirit of the world, do they tell you to humble yourself? You get in their face, you're somebody, man. Total opposite. Of what's in the book. <laughs> I'm just telling you, babe, it's there. It's there. <laughs> and so, we got to humble himself as a little child. This same is greatest what? In the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> this is how you attain that. This is how you. It's, it's, we humble ourselves. We yield ourselves. We give ourselves. Amen. Unto the Lord. And. So now, as we get into the lesson, and uh, so in our scripture passage, we're going to notice clearly uh, choosing, choosing what? Uh, the specific purpose, uh, the giving, of the birthing of the Messiah. Now, we can only speculate how much Mary actually knew. Uh, we do know, we do know that um, she's young and uh, probably no doubt in her teens. And there's a strong possibility that she knew that the Messiah was coming. We, we know that in John's writing in the fourth chapter. It talks about the lady there at the well. 
Even she knew, amen, a Messiah. We understand also that that's one of the reasons in the Old Testament uh, that for a, a, a mother or a wife not to be able to bear children, that it was reproach, especially in the eyes of men. But there is a strong possibility that every one of them at that moment in time felt like this could be the Messiah. This could be the child. That's the reason they wanted a man-child. Not only for that purpose, but also to carry on their father's lineage or name. Not only for that reason, but also to have a son, amen, because women back in those days in that culture, amen, was mistreated in, 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 in a sense. They, they didn't have educations. They didn't provide for themselves. So they did, totally depended on having a man, amen, and this man, because they didn't have uh, uh, means and ways of like social security and things of this nature, amen, to help them when they got up in age. And that was one of the reasons why so important to have a son, amen, amen, because whenever the pastor of the father, amen, or the husband, amen, then the son would take on the responsibility. And even the church is taught about taking uh, uh, the widows and the fatherless and orphans and things of that nature. Hey, it's, it's really all, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to lay out something here for you. So we understand all this. And so Mary, we know as a, a young girl, but she was following the same uh, uh, purpose in life, uh, amen, because she was betrothed, betrothed to Joseph, was the son of David. And so we know these things, uh, she was pursuing it. She was wanting to attain and to accomplish. And so as we watch this, she, she's got to choose. And she's got to make up in her mind and make up in her heart just what she's going to do. And, and, and watch some of this. Um, what do we tell our children about strangers? <laughs> Amen. Even young teenagers, we still tell them, hey, young girls, y'all don't, you don't go down here. You don't go this. And you don't talk to strangers. You, you, you be, I mean, if they come up, you're, you, you know, you... you I tell them that some, you know, parents that come in with their children to the hardware store and space them some small ones and, and they're a little shy and all. I tell them, I said, really, that's a good thing. Understand what I'm saying there. It's a very dangerous thing for those that are just run up to anybody and just whatever. It's better to pay off, amen, to be a little shy and a little hesitant about uh, the world that we're living, the times we're living. I, I hate it's like that. It's, just, it's like that. And so what I'm telling you, whenever she gets this visitation from, from Gabriel the angel now, and uh, from all accounts, he appears to her just like a man. It's not some radiant thing, and he's got wings and all this stuff, and she knows, hey, this is an angel. <laughs> oh. Because the greetings, you can tell by her response, she's pondering in her mind as he's even speaking to her. Amen. Boy, this is strange. This is odd. What's this salutation here? What's... What's this guy? And so the power of choice. She could have, as the writer even mentions in the lesson, said she could have run. To, she could have just said, hey, this thing's nutty. There's something wrong. Man, what's... But she knew. She knew. Because the scripture also has taught us in the New Testament to entertain strangers because there's a possibility of entertaining angels. So that brings us right back to walking in the Holy Ghost. Knowing the voice of God. Knowing the presence of God. Having a discernment of spirits. Praise God. And so, as we watch her, she has, if you're going to notice in the, the B part of the first part of the lesson... Amen. God himself would come to rescue and redeem humanity. And Mary had been chosen to be his mother. Amen. She did not know. In addition, additionally, Mary had what? She had a free will. She had a free will. 
She didn't have to. Guess what? That free will never leaves us, even with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That biggest struggle, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be safe enough this morning to ask anybody, the biggest struggle even Holy Ghost people have is between the will of the Holy Ghost and my will. My will. Submitting or humbling my will. Because we know the scriptures have taught us God's ways is far above ours as the heavens above the earth. And sometimes we have things so mapped out and so planned out. And we got visions of what we're going to be and where we're going to go and who we're going to be. And all of a sudden God steps in and says, Nah, I need you to leave this revival and go down to this desert. I got one guy I want you to preach to. Really, God? We're casting out devils. Peter just showed up, man. Fever's getting the Holy Ghost. And you want me? Philip didn't do any of that, did he? He packs up his little bit of loneliness and he goes down to Because there's a eunuch coming by. See, it's God's business. We count numbers. And we're impressed by numbers. Both in the back pocket and on the attendance. Am I right? And they govern us. And sometimes rule us. I don't know about that. Okay. Next time somebody asks you to take on a job, don't ask them how much. Don't ask them how much you're going to get paid. You just take it. I'll take it. Mary did. There's the key. There's the key. Mary had already had set up to get married. She was betrothed. Joseph, no doubt, a good man. The scripture helps us to understand that. Possibly, man, the top one in the city. He was a good man. Son of David. But now God steps in. Mary, I need to borrow you for a little while. I know it's your vessel. At least that's what the world says. But really, it's not. It's mine. I need to borrow it. Now, you watch this unfold. How amazing it really is. Because prior, Zechariah questioned how I'm going to know. He challenged Gabriel. He challenged the angel. Where Mary just simply responds this way. How can this be? I don't know a man. Which is the confession that I'm the virgin that was prophesied about. How can this happen? I don't even know a man. Now, you know, it's one thing for God to visit you and tell an old man. I'm not saying this disrespectful. Okay? An old man, an old lady that's beyond all of that never had any to have one. You know, there, there's enough, you know, that we can reason with that. We can collect that. But it's a different ball game for me to, to come up to some of these, one of these young ladies out here and tell them, hey, you're going to have a baby in nine months. And you're not even going to know a man. Hey, you fell off your rocker. That's impossible. There ain't no way. But you know what? She didn't do any of that. She didn't. Now watch this. The lesson's real good. And I know my time's running out here. 
So let's watch some of this unfold. So I've got ahead of myself a little bit. So what's so important? First of all, you, you and I have got to be what? Willing to listen. You know what's one of the best things you and I could do before every service? God, when I come in here this, today, tomorrow, Wednesday night, I want to have, I want to pray. Lord, I want to have an ear to hear. I want to hear, I want to hear what you want to tell me. Not what I want to hear. Not what I've already got mapped out and I just, I'm, just look, I'm just looking for a witness somewhere to back it up. No, but I've come an honest and sincere to have, I want to, I want to, I want to stop and I want to listen to the Father's voice. And whatever you speak to me, that's, and that's the only way to really hear a clear voice and instructions from God. you got to set everything else aside and say, okay, God, I know there's a God. And I know you can speak to me. And so Mary, the first thing she, because watch this. Even as as she thought about the messenger, she didn't speak any of this out. It was just in her mind. The messenger's doing all the talking about what's going to happen. And who's going to be born. And how he's going to bless. She doesn't speak anything out. She's listening. She's taking in what Gabriel, the angel, is speaking to her. And so we have to be willing, amen, to settle down and willing to listen, amen, to what he has to say in the right direction that he would have us to go. Okay, watch this. The writer brings it out. He said approximately eight times in the New Testament, the the phrase, who, he, or if any man has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, the choice to listen to and learn, listen and follow, listen and change, listen and obey. What if what if Noah had not heard from God to build the ark? What what how did Abraham, the father of faith, what did he have to go on, amen, to go to looking for a city that wasn't built by man's hand? It was a voice and a voice only that he heard. What took place in the garden with Adam? It was a voice. They never seen a God, but they heard his voice. Yes, he got an ear. All seven churches in Revelation. He that's got a ear. Regardless of the conditions of the churches. Both good and bad. If an individual's got an ear. You know what? You can always get out of that mess. God can lead you out. But you got to have an ear. And you got to be willing to listen. And we'll tell you something. 99.9 times it's not going to be the way you think. It's not going to do it. God simply does not do things our way. It's God's way. It's God's way. And nothing takes the place of God's way. Nothing takes the place of having a good church outside of the baptism and the moving of the Holy Ghost. If you can have the move of the Holy Ghost and the power of God in a service, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who's preaching, it doesn't matter who's singing, it doesn't matter not, all that stuff. If God can come take up habitation, anoint it, and bless it, you're going to have a good church. <laughs> or to listen, listen to his last statement, or to listen and ignore. <laughs> <laughs> 
We can be like Gideon. <laughs> Fleece him. But watch it. When he does what he says he'll do. See, watch this. God knows the intent of the heart. He knows whether or not if the individual just really being serious and wanting to make sure or if the person really don't want to do it and don't have no intentions in looking for an excuse. God knows. I don't know, but God knows. He knows. Listen and disobey. Listen and walk away is a consistent thing that speaks to this course that must be made before any other actions can take place. We got to listen. And when we know it's the voice of God, watch this. It doesn't matter about the rest now. This is, this is what's so beautiful about this lesson. So powerful about this lesson. Amen. Is because, amen, she was willing. So why? Because God's ways is higher than our ways. And I know I've done hit on that some. And so when you look at Luke 130. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art mighty, highly favored. A second time in the 30th verse, found with favor. I'm going to preach on favor Wednesday night. The Lord allow me in the... Favor. One of the things that we're looking for in the pandemic is the favor of God. In more than one way. I believe in give it to us physically. But you know what? I believe in give it to us spiritually. I believe in give it to us with great wisdom. How to respond to the world that we're in. And the directions. Because everything outside of God is trying to cause division and separation. Everything God's in and God's involved in will unify, join us again, bond us together. I want the favor of God. <laughs> and so here, amen, she was favored. Now, some would say, well, because you know what? Now watch this. And I know the writer, I done mentioned this to a certain degree, so I'm going to bypass it. Go back and read the lesson if you don't mind. Amen. Because her condition now, remember where she's at? And the, uh, because when she responds to this and saying, I will, I'll receive, I'll, I'll respond to it. Amen. We can understand what really transpired here. When you drop down again and you go, and I'm going to bypass some times for just some for time's sake, if you don't mind. Uh, Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Now watch this. How can this be? I don't know, man. But she says to Gabriel, she says, according to thy word. Now watch this. <laughs> um, how many of you really enjoy to get involved in something that you don't understand? She didn't have a clue how this was going to happen. She didn't understand it. Now watch this. She didn't put a time limit. She didn't look back at Gabriel and say, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you about six months or something don't happen. Me and Joseph are getting married, buddy. Now I've been planning on this for two weeks. Who do you think you are? <laughs> some of you like that and some of you don't. You know, how many of you like to... I better not. How many of you like to control? You like to control your atmosphere, your, your surroundings, your... Hmm? You want to make sure you know what the next step is. That's not faith, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, if I can control it and manipulate it, then it, God don't... God don't have to even be involved in it. 
God's looking for people, amen, that says, you know what? I don't understand this. I don't know how this is going to happen. That's not all. He's put all my dreams on the back burner. But you know what? I don't believe that Mary fret over losing Joseph. I mean, if you can believe God can impregnate you without a man, I believe he can handle my man. If you'll quit trying to fight your man so much and let God handle it, you would have, boy, that didn't go over good. You quit trying to control your situation and control your environment and let God be God because I'm going to tell you something. Brother Ford, God shares His glory with nobody. That includes preachers. That includes preachers with, with whatever churches. God don't share His glory. In fact, amen, when the man starts getting the glory, God's going to start disappearing. And then you've got to build it off a of glory of a man instead of God. I believe that you know what? I'm going to trust you God. You'll take care of Joseph. And he did. Sent him an angel. Sent him a dream didn't he? He took care of it. That's not all. She was telling, she was telling Gabriel. I believe you'll take care of me. Because now. All these folks will go look at me. Yeah she's expecting. They ain't not even married yet. Oh yeah, they looked. They done. They gave the stairs. Just see who they think they are. And there she was bringing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords into this world with all the reproach, with all. And then we worry about what so and so said about men, and we get hung up over. Little old petty things that don't amount to nothing. Sometimes we ought to shake ourselves and say, Shame on us. <laughs> I wrote it to the side over here. I'm a little hesitant about it. But you do know that, and I hate to use the term, I'm going to use it anyway, um, that Mary became impregnated twice. I know y'all looking at me. The first one, she birthed him. But the second time through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, go read Acts 2. She's baptized again with the Holy Ghost. Being baptized with the Holy Ghost is a type and form of being pregnant. Now you watch this. As much as Mary is to bring in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and introduce him to the world, that's our business. As born again Christians of the water and spirit. Is to be a witness unto the rest of the world. Of the Savior called Jesus Christ. A Savior that can deliver you out of whatever dilemma you're in. Whatever problems you're in. This Savior's got the answer. He is the helper. He's the way maker. And without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You cannot be the effective witness. It's the Holy Ghost that flows through us. Our responsibility is to keep the vessel unspotted from this world. Amen. To keep it sanctified and godly. Amen. And you and I can't do that without the Holy Ghost. But by the Holy Ghost. when the Holy, I'm going to tell you something. You know when the Holy Ghost shows up folks. We know when the Holy Ghost reveals itself and manifests itself. Even in our services, there's nothing like it. The Holy Ghost gets to moving. Hey, I've watched even these little children, son. They'll start coming up here, buddy. They'll, they'll start. Hey, just something. Why? Because His Spirit will draw all men 
His Spirit. Oh, here we go. We're going right back to it. No man could come unless his spirit draws. That's when he feels us the Holy Ghost to take it out in the highways and the byways that others, amen, can, can feel the power and the glory and watch it. What's that hope that lies in you? That reason of hope it's in you in this pandemic. I got something, amen, the pandemic can't control. It's called the Holy Ghost. Money doesn't control it. Positions don't control it. Hallelujah. Automobiles, what I wear or don't have to wear. No, it's different. And so she was willing to put everything online. Even her own reputation. I wonder what her mom and daddy thought about her. Possibly good. Because let me tell you something. Most of them believed in one God. They, they was also looking for a Messiah. They was looking, expecting. Because when the Messiah gets here, we're going to have revival. When the Messiah gets here, amen. Blinded eyes are going to be opened. Death ears are going to be unstopped. Lame's going to leap and walk. The poor is going to get to hear the gospel. We're not going to have a division and a separation. The poor is going to get to hear the gospel and feel the power of God. So, there's a lot in this lesson. I want to read a few things. In case somebody may think I'm picking on you. Because I'm not. Even though she didn't understand, she believed God. Now watch this. No matter how Mary felt, or how much she did, or did not understand, she still made the decision to believe God. The temptation to doubt God's word is always present. Doubt never takes a lunch break or sick day. And he goes through all of that. But watch what he says a little further down. To believe and follow God's purpose. Not allowing doubt to reign. Where does this doubt come from? It is easy to believe something will happen when we know we can make it happen. When we know that we can make it happen. We can believe that. We can handle that. But what about it's something that we know we can't make it happen. It's going to be a God thing. Doubt never leaves behind its companion. Fear. Watch this. With our illusion of control slips or is thrust aside by the power of God. And when we fail to make the firm decision to trust God, doubt and fear can rule our lives. Well, I fix this. And I'm not, I'm not. Y'all know me well enough. If we could have controlled COVID, we wouldn't have had near the fear. But the biggest fear most people have about COVID is they can't control it. Cannot manipulate it. And when you get right down to it, you can do all the remedies they're telling you to do, but you can still get it. 
and it can still take you out of here because we don't have the power to control it. And that's the reason it caused such fear. It's because we can't control it. Anybody got a temper? What's, what's the main thing you tried with that temper? What, what's the main thing you tried to do with that temper? Control it. You'll even avoid some conversations. Why? Because that's the best way to control that temper. I'm not getting what you can punch that button. We're going for a walk. Because when that button's mashed and I lose control... With all the regrets and you know. That's the reason the scripture warns us. Be angry and sin not. Why did Paul write that? I'm going to tell you something. Paul had a Paul probably had a temper problem. When you didn't see it his way, he didn't have no problem bashing you upside the head and dragging you to a jail. <laughs> and he did it all in the name of God. Have you any of you ever read much on like Serial killers, how often they tell you a voice told me. And all, most of the time they say, God told me. That's amazing, in a, in a sense. That's the reason they examine these guys and do all this other stuff. And really, we could tell them the problem. They need Jesus. They need the Holy Ghost. About to solve the problem. But without Him, you live yourself vulnerable. And open to all the spirits of the world. I'm going to tell you something. We don't have the power to control them. We don't have the power to manipulate them. And the spirit of iniquity. Is overshadowing the United States of America. And easing and creeping in. In every crevice she can. And the only thing that's going to get us out of here. Is the Holy Ghost. The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I see that day coming now. I've been preaching it for a while. I always pondered that we'll cry for him to come. But I've always said, if we like where we're at, we won't cry for him to come. But this place could get to the place that we don't like where we're at. And we'll say, come get us, Lord Jesus. We're ready to go. And it won't be just out of selfishness and just to get out of It'll be genuine. It'll be real. You can stand. I, praise God. So what did Mary, what example? She let God's purpose overshadow, override all of her own personal purposes in life. She put all of her dreams and planning, if I put it there, on the back burner. Okay, God, here I am. Whatever the outcome's going to be, it's going to be in your hands. 
But the Bible's taught us, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And if you're not doing that first, then don't expect, don't expect running the roads and going here and going that and doing that is going to get you the victory. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then all these other things can be added. And so she was willing to seek ye first the kingdom of God. And accomplish and achieve what the writer simply finalizes this message with Jeremiah. I find this very, very interesting what God spoke to Jeremiah. Then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before I formed thee in the belly. This is God talking to Jeremiah. And before thy came us forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, oh, listen, listen. Listen to what Jeremiah says. Then said I, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. Moses done it. Others done it. We do it. God would speak to us to do something and we'll, if we're not careful, we immediately disqualify ourselves. We immediately say, there ain't no way I can't. I know, I, I struggle with that. But you always remember something. When God calls you and God gives you a purpose, look, if you could have done it and it was so easy, it wasn't going to be nothing to it, then God didn't have to call you. If you got all the talents and skills and ability to do it on your own and you don't need God. Can I say something right there? That's one thing that's wrong with the good United States of America. This nation was founded upon men that knew they was greater than themselves. And so they called on a greater power for guidance. And they used this book to guide them. And this country became such a great nation. Not on our own. But because of a higher power. But if we're not careful. We're going back to the opposite. We'll use our own skills and talents and ability and money. And lay this aside. Like it don't even exist. That's the reason we're in the spiritual warfare. That we're in this morning. But guess what? Bible says this, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Folks, you just keep living for God. Sure, we're going to have to wrestle with doubt and fears. And, but guess what? Just like Mary, it all came to pass, didn't it? It all came in its own. Now watch her. She didn't control the time of it. She didn't control how it was going to work out. She, didn't, she just simply said, okay. Nevertheless, that thy word. These ain't my words. She just went home and told mom and daddy. This is what the angel said. We'll see. Probably tried to tell Joseph. But what did he do with Mary? I know I got you standing. I'm trying to finish up. What did he do with Mary? Immediately when the angel got through speaking to her, he gave her something, a token. What was it? 
You got some kinfolks. I visited them six months ago. Elizabeth. Jesus takes a young lady that can bear and uses her. But he also uses an old. So he goes from one spectrum to the other. God knows how to do it. And he sends her. He sends her to her house. And when she comes in, and I don't have the time to go into the song and all that, 46 verse, you'll go back and read it. Luke 1, 46 through about 50 something. The song that marries a response to Elizabeth. So when she comes in with the good tidings, the Bible says the child in Elizabeth, that she'd been hiding herself for six months now. Everybody didn't know about it. They didn't have Facebook. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, some of you had smiled all morning. God bless your heart. God bless you. Uh, <laughs> life's going to be fun. I'm going to have fun. I mean, anyway. <laughs> uh, but when she steps in and she gives a good, tiny good news, the Bible says the baby leaps in the womb and filled with the Holy Ghost. Elizabeth comes filled with the Holy Ghost. And we know that John, John came. Into this world, the power of the Holy Ghost, Spirit of God upon his life, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. She stays with her for three months and then makes her way back. Huh. Could have been she didn't even talk to Joseph for three months after that encounter. And she comes back three months later. Probably Joseph came, hmm. Praise God. But God worked it all out, didn't he? And if God can work all that out, I think he can work out anything we're facing today. Huh? I believe he can work out any situation, any dilemma. As a child of God, God can work it out. He's in the business. Saving souls, delivering lives, and letting some people know on this earth that God's still alive and well. You know what our heartbeat needs to be this morning? God, for the rest of my days, I want to fulfill your purpose. I want to fulfill your purpose. Whatever that purpose might be, God, I want to pursue it. I want to seek ye first the kingdom of God in your righteousness, your voice, your heartbeat. And I'll let some of this other work itself out. Let's pray. God, we love you. Appreciate you this morning. So thankful. Your goodness, your grace, your mercy, the power of your word, the power of your presence. It's been upon us this morning. I pray for every soul that's in this house today. That your word and your spirit would find its way into each heart, each life. God, you lead us. We need your guidance. We need your voice in our lives. We need your touch in our spirit. We hunger and thirst after your heartbeat, after your will. Right here in Bendale, Mississippi, God. Every soul that's in this house, God, I pray for a special touch and a special anointing of God. Would, would move upon each soul here this morning as we humble ourselves and yield ourselves unto your purpose, to your call, to your election. We're going to give you the glory for it. We're going to give you the praise for it. Because we believe in you, new for revival and a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. I know I'm a little lengthy here. Uh,
There's some of this I, I, I didn't get to go into. You'll go back and read it. Uh, there's some very powerful things in this lesson. If you get to digging into it, reading it, studying it, pondering it. I'm going to tell you what. It'll help us on our journey. It'll help us on our journey. Anybody need some help? I need some. How about you? God bless you. Appreciate you. I'm sure choir practice 430. Practice at 430.